It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. We are back. It is finally by the grace of God Friday. Although I'm not so sure things are going to get much better over the weekend, to be quite honest. <laughs> just, a, just a really weird and uh, and really bad time to be in America right now with regard to politics, with regard to uh, conservatism, with regard to loving the Constitution, loving your kid's future, uh, loving the border, loving the fact that we are a sovereign nation, and uh, knowing in our hearts that this is not what the American people voted for. And that's what it's really all about. I still believe that in all of my heart, absolutely 100%. Nobody voted for any of this nonsense. Nobody voted for a massive infrastructure bill, a throwback to 1929, Roosevelt's administration. Uh, nobody voted for uh, boys being born boys and then competing with your girls in uh, high school. Nobody voted for an open border. It didn't happen. They voted just the opposite. Did you see all the caravans? Versus the 10 people rallies for Joe Biden versus the zero people rallies for Kamala Harris. And now when the president does a major announcement on YouTube, he gets 6,000 viewers. And they took away the thumbs up and thumbs down emoji on YouTube because most of the, uh, the thumbs were down when Biden goes live on YouTube. That's just the way it is. So let's get started, shall we? We've got this uh, $2.5 trillion infrastructure bill, which is a giant pork-laden POS and it's going to put us further in debt. The president is talking about another $3 trillion coronavirus bill that we don't need. This is uh, straight out of the communist playbook. It really is to create a debt that is so unwieldy that taxes have to be raised to levels that are sustainable. And the, and the, the, the money, the, the, the dollar will collapse. You're going to be taking a wheelbarrow of currency to buy a loaf of bread. Here is uh, Jen Psaki talking about what that bill is all about. And most probably, uh, I'll just go ahead and say, uh, not telling the truth about it. One of the most colorful examples that the president used yesterday, he asked if people remembered a bridge going down, but only 5% of the spending in this package goes towards roads and bridges. And I'm curious why that number is so low and something that is being sold as an infrastructure package. Uh, we're actually selling it as a once in a century or once in a generation investment in uh, partly our infrastructure, but partly uh, industries of the future. You know, actually, there's uh, American businesses are already doing that. They're already investing in the future. Uh, a while back and not too long ago, I was selling Toyotas. And you know what Toyota's doing? All of their cars are becoming hybrid. All of their going to become in hybrid. I haven't heard anything about the Forerunner or the Tacoma. But they're all going hybrid. You know why? Because they saw a demand. All right, now they're not doing electric. They got one electric car they're offering, but otherwise it's all hybrid. This is what American business does. People are ready for hybrids. The entire country uh, is not ready for electric cars because it is quite simply not available right now. The tech is there, but Joe Biden, for instance, he wants to replace the entire federal fleet with electric vehicles. Well, the problem is the federal fleet also has dump trucks. Uh, it also has big SUVs like the uh, president's motorcade. Those aren't available in electric. I don't believe that the uh, the big old uh, what are they? Where the heck they are? The Suburbans or whatever they drive in. Those aren't uh, those aren't hybrid, and they certainly are not. Um, they certainly are not electric. So it's all a pipe dream. It is all the dream of the class of 1968, and uh, it's going to bankrupt us and our children. And right now, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it right now. We watch our border being breached right now. Right now, the president of the United States and the Democrat Party are forsaking the primary role of the federal government, which is a safe and secure border. And then we move into the other stuff. 
And then we move into the other stuff. And this is bordering on what I would consider uh, treasonous. To be quite honest, that's just my thoughts on it. And I'm really, really fed up to hear with it, to be quite honest. CNN guest yesterday, this is really funny. Oh, my gosh. A CNN guest was on with Chris Cuomo. And uh, her name is Leanna Wynn. And uh, she was talking about the, uh, the lockdowns, the vaccinations, and all that. And she let something slip. She let something slip that is absolutely major. The truth about the vaccine and why it's being pushed. Clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100%. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to... Wow, wow. If everything's well open, where's the carrot to get everybody to take the stupid vaccine? Incentivize people to actually get the vaccine. So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. (laughs) Can you believe what she just said? Listen to what she just said. Dear God in heaven. High reopening policy to vaccination status, because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine so that's why i think the cdc and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say if you're vaccinated you can do all these things here are all these if you're vaccinated you can actually enjoy your freedom but if you're not the government will take it away that's what she's saying she's saying that if you don't get a vaccine passport you will not be able to participate in what was the freest society in the history of mankind do you realize what she's saying freedoms that you have because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway and we can't have people enjoying freedoms i mean come on chris you're on cnn you know that this is part of your mantra man honestly i i i have no words and that would be the first time ever just unbelievable. And you want to hear something else really unbelievable? <laughs> After we're getting rid of all these mask mandates and everything. And, and honestly, if you check out the science with regard to masks, particularly those blue ones that a lot of people wear, uh, they're really quite worthless. They are quite worthless. It's like uh, keeping that virus out is kind of like throwing a, a BB at a chain link fence. And uh, it's just going to go right through. And, and this is unbelievable. The Biden administration has unveiled a contest <laughs> offering $500,000 in prizes for new and improved mask designs. For general public, $500,000. The DHS has launched an innovation innovation challenge uh, competition today, encouraging American investors to aid the nation's COVID-19 response by designing effective, comfortable face masks for personal use. Guess what? The private sector already does that. Have you ever seen face masks ever, everywhere? You go to the convenience store to go 7-Eleven, they sell face masks at 7-Eleven, okay? American industry is already way ahead, but this, this administration is so into just absolutely wasting your money. The contest uh, submissions are due April 21st, and up to 10 winners will be eligible to receive $10,000 prizes in the first place. Up to five winners will be selected to split a total $400,000 purse in the second phase. And then they're going to do a $10 million ad campaign promoting vaccination. You know, And here's the thing. By now, if you have decided you don't want to take the vaccine, you have decided you're, you're not going to take the vaccine. If you have decided you're going to, you're going to. So honestly... Another $10 million down the toilet. 
down the toilet, which is exactly what Joe Biden is doing with the entire country. Flushing us all down the toilet with this giant infrastructure, which is, by the way, just real quick, it is the WPA all over again. You don't know about the WPA. I didn't know about the WPA. It was a giant government scheme brought about by Franklin Delano Roosevelt as part of the New Deal and the New Deal was 1929, and we were in, in the middle of the Depression. What he did is he stimulated taxes, he raised taxes, and he stimulated the government projects, and he paid for the Hoover Dam, and he did stuff like that, and he actually caused the Depression to be extended quite a bit, actually. But we did get a lovely dam out of it, and I, and I really loved seeing it in Transformers. It was a, just a lovely, that's the closest I've ever been to the Hoover Dam. But honestly, it's, um, it is a giant throwback to 1929, but this is what Democrats always do. They always look to the past. Socially, they are thinking it's 1968 and 1863 all over again. And uh, as far as policy is concerned in the economy, they're going back to 1929. Wow, just wow. Are you guys ready for some hot sake? I'm ready for some hot sake. Jen Saki, who is, wow, I mean, just really says a lot of words, but never really means anything. She talked about the uh, the Georgia voting law yesterday, and uh, Governor Brian Kemp signed it into law, this voting law, and the left has gone completely crazy because they know that all of these, uh, these measures are going to stop cheating and stealing and all that. But... They're yelling racism to distract you. It's like that carrot we heard about earlier. They yell racism because you don't want to be racist. And if you agree with this bill, then you're racist, right? Okay, really? Well, here she is lying about the bill. One other subject. Um, in Georgia, talking about the voting bill uh, that was just signed from the governor, uh, community organizers have threatened boycotts on big companies like Delta, mm -hmm. Coca-Cola, Home Depot, in part from some of the information that's come from the president. In his last news conference, he said that uh, the bill requires voting to end early at 5 p.m. It's a lie. Um, and, and you've said, and, and some others said, that words matter. Um, the, the bill actually... Uh, standardizes voting hours by counties and adds Saturdays and Sundays voting. And it also allows extended hours from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah. So is there going to be a correction? It issue standardizes or? the ending of voting every day at 5, right? It just at gives seven, options? 7 to 7 is what it, it gives options to expand it, right? But it standardizes it at 5? No, it doesn't actually. Jen, lie, lie, lie. Lie, 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 lie. It also makes it so that uh, outside groups can't provide water. Lie, lie, lie. Food to people in line, right? Lie, 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 lie. It makes it more difficult to absentee vote. Are those things all correct? Lie, lie, lie. Day of is 7 to 7, and early voting um, uh, can standardize adding Saturday and Sunday. So my question is, is the tone going to change out of the White House? or uh, The tone for a bill that limits voting access and makes it more difficult for people to Do you mind if I just lie here to engage in voting in Georgia? Wow, there there she is. There she's Jen Snarky. Oh, that's actually not what the uh, the governor That's Saki Snarky, see? Yeah. Well, I think that is not based in fact what the governor no, yeah, of Georgia said. Yeah, so, yeah, no our tone is not changing. Yeah, right. We have concerns about the specific components of the package, including the fact that Jen, have you actually read the bill? It makes it harder and more difficult for people to vote. No, it, it doesn't actually. It makes it harder and more difficult.
for Democrats to steal votes. By limiting absentee options, by making it uh, not viable, not possible for people to provide water to people who are in line. No, that is, that's absolutely not true, and that is a lie. Let me say it again here. That's a lie, because they, have, they will have uh, watering stations at them. And by the way, if you stand in line to vote, bring a damn bottle of water with you. Grow up. You're an adult here, for crying out loud. Do you, need, you need somebody to change your diapy while you're standing in line to vote, for crying out loud. This is about keeping people from being bust in, given gift cards, given a, a, a ballot that's already filled out with the names of Democrats and Democrat proposals. This has been happening in cities around the country like Philadelphia, Chicago, Cincinnati. I could go on and on. Jinsaki, lie, lie, lie. By not standardizing longer hours. So if you're making it harder to vote, no, we don't support that. No, we don't support that. Jen Snarky speaks out. So did you see the video of the kids being dropped over the fence in uh, the southern border? This three years old and five years old being dropped over a, a 15 foot set. Now she gets super snarky in this one. Here's some more hot sake for you about dropping your kids off in America. There's video now of a three year old and a five year old. I've seen the video, and I think any of us who saw the video um, were incredibly alarmed by uh, the steps of smugglers, ones that we have been quite familiar with that we've seen. Yeah, you know, the smuggling would stop actually if you uh, put those uh, Trump rules back in effect on the border. It would completely stop. About 85% of the, the smuggling stopped when, when he was the president. So it's pretty easy. The fix is already there. It's already been prescribed. You're the one who just took it away. Looking out about our concerns about, as Secretary Mayorkas said, the inhumane way smugglers abuse children while profiting off parents' desperation is criminal and morally reprehensible. President certainly <laughs> agrees with that. Wow. And these kids, I believe, were rescued from... Then why are you allowing it to happen? By uh, by um, individuals who are working at the border. Yes, but they <laughs> still got close enough, as you guys are talking about addressing root causes in the region, for a smuggler to throw them... Because the policy, yeah. The wall Biden the policy. And I'm just curious what... The White House is doing to stop that. Well, we're doing nothing. And are you concerned more about the kids' safety, or are you concerned about kids getting in? Or tell me that wasn't the question, Jen. That wasn't the question he asked. More about your concern here. Kids' safety is, as you just mentioned, the main concern. Here's Jen Snarky. Well, of course it is, which is why I'm often surprised why some of the. Oh my God! I can't believe you said that. I'm questioning here, but uh, I will say that. Um, our concern and our focus yes. is on sending a clear message to that uh, you can come here and you can uh, just get a hotel room and then uh, disappear into the country for three years until you are uh, not able to be traced. And then uh, we'll get you signed up to vote and uh, we will create a permanent underclass of Democrat voters smuggler to the region that uh, this is not the time to come. You should not send your kids on this treacherous journey that these smugglers... Then are, why hasn't the president said that? ...are uh, preying on vulnerabilities in these communities. There's a lot of issues and steps we need to take to address root causes. So, of course, our concern is for the safety of these kids. These Border Patrol agents who save these kids deserve our uh, our thanks and our gratitude for ensuring their... Well, you see, the vice president, who's now chair of the border, isn't going to do that for the people on the border because she's compared ICE agents to the KKK. So all of that was just, uh, uh, what's the word of the day? A nonsense. Thank you very much. Here is uh, Representative Jim Jordan talking about the nuts situation at the border. This is how crazy today's left is. Think about this. Today, you cannot get into your capital, but anybody and everybody can get into your country. 
It is not a crisis on the border. It is chaos on the border. And it's chaos because they undid the three key policies. The remain in Mexico while you're being processed. They undid that. They, they said no more deportation, moratorium on that. And Ding. they announced to the world, we will not finish the wall. Ding. Those three things changed everything. And you get this terrible situation that is causing harm to kids and women and all kinds of people on the border because that's the Biden administration. That is how ridiculous, that is how crazy today's left is. And it is a dereliction of duty. Uh, it is a betrayal of the American people. That's what it is. It is a dereliction of duty. It is unconstitutional. And it is an abuse of the citizenry of this country. And something has to be done about it. All right? Just think about that. Wake up, young man. It's time to wake here is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I just got my intelligence back yesterday from listening to her, but I'm going to go ahead and play her again today. <sighs> All right, here she is talking about uh, immigration. And remember, you will lose IQ points as she talks. Are you for real? So let's talk about this because so much of our national conversation which derp, derp, derp. it begins which is not a conversation uh, about immigration is driven by people who could not care less about immigrants no actually america's always cared about immigrants that's why we've welcomed them that's why we are the only country in the world to be such a melting pot do you ever watch the olympics do you ever see the chinese olympic team guess what they're all chinese Often people want to say, why are you talking about the border crisis? Or why are you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're intelligence waning talking about it because it's not a border crisis. Shoe, hat, airplane. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. And also it's a carceral crisis because as I have already said, even during this term and this president, our immigration system is based and designed on our carceral system. Okay, I'm back. Wow. What just happened there? Was I, was I still, was I talking? Where, where have I? It's like when you're driving in a car and you, you just kind of, you know, space out and then you realize you forget the last 50 miles. Did I play Ocasio Cortez? I'm not even sure. I don't know. But I, for a second there, I almost wanted to vote Democrat because I got so stupid. Okay. Let's move on to, uh, oh, yeah, Senator Ron Johnson talking about the Biden administration being dangerously left of center. And by the way, nobody voted for this unless you are an extreme radical leftist. This is not our country. This is not how the American people want our country to operate. This is stoking the blaze. This is kicking the pit bull. Here is Senator Ron Johnson. First of all, I think America's awakening to the fact that President Biden is not a moderate. His, his agenda is radical. And I fear what we're going to discover is that he's going to be wrong on every domestic spending issue, every domestic policy issue over the next four years of his administration as well. We're already seeing the disaster of his policy as it relates to this. This can't go on for four years. There must be things done soon. Southwest border. Uh, and now he's talking about probably adding another $6 trillion to our debt when we don't have to. We, we, are, we see the light at the end of the tunnel on, on COVID. We didn't need the $1.9 trillion. Uh, there are things that we could do, but not... It, 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 not to this extent, not this massive level of spending and borrowing. We, we don't have this money. This isn't monopoly money. 
But uh, that's apparently the, the way his administration views this. No, it is a plan. It is a plan. Get rid of the border. Spend more than we have. Raise taxes to uh, unbelievable levels and wreck the country. That's what it's all about, guys. They want to wreck the damn country. That's what it's all about. Because the class of 1968 is in charge. And their cronies are in charge. And they hate America. They hate America as founded. You didn't vote for statues to be turned down. You didn't vote for Aunt Jemima to go away. You didn't vote for cities to burn. You voted for a stronger America. And Donald Trump was building that America. And you saw it with the enthusiasm. And you had the the Democrat machine. You had big social media and big media all working together to throw it. We didn't vote for it. They did. This is uh, off subject here, but Lester Holt got a uh, <laughs> Edward R. R. Morrow Award for journalism. And Edward R. Morrow is spinning in his grave like a lathe, a baseball bat on a lathe. You ever seen that? That's Edward R. Morrow right now. Because listen to what Lester Holt had to say about journalistic fairness. Now, when you go into a story, Generally, you don't have your mind made up. That is the role of the the media. All right, you're supposed to look at stories. You're supposed to say, you know what? Don't know if Derek Chauvin is if he's guilty or not. Lester Holt says, nope. Pretty much, if you saw the video, he's guilty. Listen to what this man who calls himself a journalist and he's not has to say when he accepted his Edward Armour Award. The unprecedented attacks on the press in this period, I'm sure, will fill plenty of books. And- because you've abused the the glorious freedoms you had in the First Amendment to tow a party line there less. Studied in classrooms, maybe even here. But I have a few early observations I'll share about where this moment brings us and what we can learn. Here's where it gets good. Number one is, I think it's become clearer that fairness is overrated. <laughs> All right, now listen, he said it, it is absurd, but here he is saying, hey, I know I said it, but it's okay because. Before you run off and tweet that headline, let me explain a bit. The idea that we should always give two sides equal weight and merit does not reflect the world we find ourselves in. What about Hunter Biden's laptop? You've given it no merit at all. That the sun sets in the West is a fact. You didn't bother to look into the Russian collusion hoax. You pursued your own agenda and you were proven wrong and you were made to look like complete fools. But you have no shame. Any contrary view does not deserve our time or attention. Oh, you know, like saying maybe you don't. You think there was a lot of uh, chicanery with regard to the election, but you never looked into it at all. I know recent events assure that you won't have to look far to find more current and relevant examples. I think you get my point. Decisions... Yeah, I get your point. You've got an agenda, and you're going to pursue that agenda. ...to not give unsupported arguments equal time. Like, for instance, um, Black Lives Matter and Antifa burning and destroying the country to the tune of $2 billion uh, to the fact that... 27 people were killed in riots caused by Antifa and Black Lives Matter and thousands of police injuries were caused by these two organizations, but you never said a thing about it. Are not a dereliction of journalistic responsibility. Yes, it is. Or some kind of agenda. In fact, it, yes, it is. He just said what it is while denying it. it is. It's just the opposite. 
providing an open platform for misinformation for anyone to come say whatever they want, especially when issues of public health and safety are... Did you realize that North Korea does this? This is North Korea. I want you to listen to this. An open platform for misinformation for anyone to come say whatever they want. They're deciding what misinformation is before they've done the story. They said that about the election. Especially when issues of public health and safety are at stake can be quite dangerous. Our duty is to be fair to the truth. Now, the problem was, you'll recall, that the president of the United States said hydroxychloroquine had been used to battle coronavirus. Governors around the state and the media literally banned people from saying it. You couldn't say it on social media. You couldn't. They didn't say it on television. They said that was the. It was the opposite. Was true that uh, that hydroxychloroquine was bad for you, and it probably cost hundreds of thousands of lives because you made up your mind because the president supported it, and you didn't look into the science. It is an over-the-counter medication in some countries. Holding those in power accountable is at the core of our function. Only Republicans. And responsibility. We need to hear our leaders' views, their policies and reasoning. It's really important. But we have to stand ready to push back and call out falsehoods. Wow. He doesn't even realize how far he slipped. He doesn't even realize the road he's gone down and what an incredible affront it is to the most glorious piece of legislation in the history of mankind, the First Amendment, that allowed man for the very first time to worship freely and to speak freely. Oh, my God. It's Good Friday. Forgive him, Father, for he knows not what he speaks. And I absolutely believe that 100%. Let's talk about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's doing some uh, a promotional tour for his uh, new book, which is called Beautiful Things. It's his memoir. I don't know how you remember stuff when you're so high on crack all the time. I, you know, really, I'd say if it's a, like three pages, uh, double-spaced. Uh, let's make it uh, Arial Font 20. That's my memoir, being a cracked-up guy who's literally, I mean, been a drug-addicted, been in and out of rehab seven times. Seven times. And I'm not picking on him because of his addiction. I'm picking on him because he's a, uh, he's not a good person. He's not a good person. I can say that. He uh, impregnated a stripper. Uh, he, uh, as soon as his brother died, he, he started dating his widow while also having a sexual relationship with her sister. Uh, the man is not a good person. Um, but here he is uh, talking about his memoir. This is uh, his, his father, apparently. His father... He reveals he was still using drugs last year during his father's presidential campaign. And uh, Hunter Biden tried to leave the house and his daughter stood in the way. And then Joe Biden came out. And this is what happened. And your father chased you? Yeah, because I tried to get into the I tried to go to my car and my girls literally blocked the door of my car. I said, Dad, Dad, please, you can't. No, no. Yeah. This was the hardest part of the book to write. So after the seventh time in rehab, it's kind of like a marrying Larry King. You know, Larry King, God rest his soul. Literally, I think he was married eight times. When you're when you're bride number seven, do you go? Oh yeah, this this I'm the last one. Grab me. I think he's probably still using. Can hug. Mm-hmm. And grab me. Can bear hug. And he said, ah. he just cried. He said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. What did, you, what did you think when you heard that? What did you think when you heard that? I thought, I need to figure out a way to tell him that I'm going to do something so that I can go take another hit. Yeah. It's the only thing I could think. Literally, that's how powerful. 
I don't know of a force more powerful than my, my family's love, except addiction. Okay, so there's uh, there's Hunter Biden. He's, he's selling a book, and uh, you know it's going to be more entertaining than uh, than uh, Andrew Cuomo's book for sure. He got four million dollars for that. I think he sold like uh, six hundred copies the first week. So they took a bath on it. Here's a little bit more. He has no idea about his laptop, by the way. Listen to this. We know what's in the laptop. We know that we saw him. Uh, you know, he's he's having sex with prostitutes, and music is playing. He's fell asleep with a crack pipe in his mouth. He's he is he is a mess. Uh, this was all real, and here's what he had to say about his laptop, which, by the way, he left at a uh, at a facility. The facility actually called him several times, couldn't get a response, called the FBI, couldn't get a response. This laptop was left and forgotten because he was probably in such a stupor that he forgot about it. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's... Is, this is really, yes, you do. I really don't know okay. if the answer is. You yeah, you do. I don't know, yes or no, if the laptop I don't have was any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have... Hold on, let me look at my laptop real quick. Hold on, I'm looking on the hard drive. I'm going to look in there. I don't see any uh, pictures of uh, Hunter Biden smoking crack. Hmm. I'm thinking it's, uh, he, he, it's actually his laptop. Been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There it could was. be that I was... It wasn't stolen. You forgot it. Hacked. It could be that it was, the, that it was Russian intelligence. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I blame it on the Russians. Uh, that it was Russian intelligence. Sure it was. There you go. <laughs> wow. Just wow. And no, I have no intention of buying the book. Who, who does? Honestly, seriously. Who is going to buy this book? <laughs> Who's a fan of Hunter Biden? I, I, I'll bet you anything it won't sell 1,000 copies in the first week. I, I'll bet you anything. If Joe Biden can't get 6,000 people to watch a major presser on YouTube Live, uh, this is not going to happen. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the great guests that have been on Newsmax this week. It was a stellar week, another stellar week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Greg Kelly actually spoke with uh, Representative Peter King in New York. I don't know if you knew this, but there have been a lot of anti-Asian hate crimes happening in New York. This one by a, a gentleman, not a gentleman. Um, he uh, was on parole after murdering his mother. He was living in a uh, homeless shelter and he saw a little Asian woman and decided to beat her nearly to death and break her pelvis, okay? This is happening all over the country. They're trying to pin it on Trump supporters, white supremacists, and they're not, and they're not. Here is that uh, piece. So, Congressman, what do, you, uh, what do you make of this? Well, to me, this shows everything is wrong with criminal justice or lack of justice uh, going on in New York State, New York City today. First of all, he didn't just kill his uh, mother. He stabbed her three times in the heart in front of his five-year-old sister. He was sentenced 15 to life. And the parole board in 2019 paroled him, lifetime parole. This was the Cuomo parole board. Wow. He has pushed out all of those who were uh, uh, even moderate on the issue of parole. And he stacked it with progressive left-wing bleeding hearts, including a convicted cop killer. So it's not surprising that that board left him out. Uh, Gave him parole. Then when he was paroled, he was put into a hotel for homeless people. I mean, you think of anyone more vulnerable than homeless people and having a homicidal madman in, in their midst who needs psychological help. And then the fact that he attacked this Asian woman, 65 years old, brutally. I, it's amazing that she lived. I mean, to see the way he stomped her on her head, knocked her down. And so there's several things here. Apart from how the parole board screwed things up, 
how the whole system of criminal justice in New York has gone down. This is what happens when Democrats run yeah. things. It's collapsed. Yeah. There's also the issue that we've been told for the last few weeks that it's white supremacists yes. and Trump supporters mm. that are attacking Asians. Nope. Now, there's no proof of that at all, but it's demonstrably shown in this case that it was not a white supremacist. It was not a Trump supporter. And yet this myth goes on that somehow white supremacists are attacking Asian Americans when we should be saying that there's criminals doing it, there's murderous, homicidal people out there, and they're on the streets. And by the way, uh, white supremacy is not worse than it's ever been. It's just not. It's a very, very small uh, group of psychotic people. The KKK is is barely existent, and they're trying to create this bogeyman that uh, is is now everywhere. And it started, by the way, on college campuses. When conservatives came to talk, that's what they call them, white supremacists. Thought you should know. Greg Kelly also spoke to Thomas Schatz, the president of the Citizens Against Government Waste on the new 1929 rehash infrastructure bill. Well, look, those numbers are ridiculous. The numbers right now, even with President Biden's jobs plan, are ridiculous as well. Jobs, jobs. Uh, the government doesn't need to spend that much just on infrastructure. And the plan itself is only about 7% of what you'd call traditional infrastructure. Um, for example, there's $100 billion for broadband. Right? 93% of the country already has access to the Internet. Many of those that don't have don't want it. Listen to what's going to happen to broadband. And those that really, truly need it, the companies are helping them out. Uh, and the way it's written, it prioritizes municipal or local government-owned broadband over private sector broadband, giving the government <laughs> essentially control, no competition, which means no innovation. We're stuck with the technology we have. And municipal broadband has been a disaster wherever it's been tried. Because it's a joke. Because everything that government does costs more and works less. That's just the way it is. The reason why you have a device in your pocket that literally is a supercomputer with a very rarely used phone app is because of the private sector. If the government were in charge, you'd still have a hand crank walkie-talkie. That's what you'd be talking about. Okay? Yeah. Pretty much. And this bill is an affront to your children. Let's move on to uh, Greg Kelly talking to the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp. Now, I don't know if you knew this, uh, but Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola came out against the uh, the voting reform law that was passed in Georgia, which would make stealing votes a lot harder and uh, and voting not harder. Okay, just stealing harder. And Delta came out and said that they were against it. And uh, so they decided to, they, they introduced a bill to the legislature, which would take all tax breaks away from Delta. I love that. Here is the governor talking about it. Um, I do love this next part of the story, though. Uh, your state house in Georgia responded late yesterday, voting to strip Delta Airlines of a jet fuel tax break that is worth tens of millions of dollars. So slamming them right back in the pocketbook. What do you make of that move? Well, I thought it was interesting, too, especially in the House. That didn't end up getting uh, passed in the Senate last night. It was okay. our last night of the session, so it won't get to my desk. But, you know, even the legislators that have a lot of Delta employees voted for that last night to send a message because those employees and customers are really upset with the position that was taken. You know, if this bill had been taking away something and, and suppressing the vote like people have been saying, and if it was really Jim Crow 2.0 and not just a slogan that somebody reserved three weeks ago before they even knew what was in this bill, yep. and they built this game plan and this playbook based on a lie to start with, but that's not what happened. Uh, this is a good bill, and those legislators worked hard to make it, to make it that way 
to really thread that needle. And no group of legislators in the country would vote to keep black people from voting like Jim Crow. Honestly, your arguments are so far-fetched, they are insulting. To have a bill that makes for secure but accessible and fair. We don't believe you anymore. The American people don't believe you anymore. Elections in our state, easy to vote and hard to cheat. And that's what it does. And I think they sent a strong message last night. Yeah, I think they did. Let's move on. Grant Stitchfield actually talked to Sebastian Gorka. I love Sebastian Gorka. This is the sound of his voice. He could read a toothpaste label. I'd be like, Sebastian Gorka talks about toothpaste. Here he is talking to uh, Sebastian Gorka. It's an utter disaster. About the first, uh, what, 90 days of the Biden administration. Look at what's happening. Can, can you believe it, Grant? We are less than three months into this administration. This is like 70 days in. What an utter shambolic disaster. Whether it's the 500 children coming across the border every single day, whether it's the capitulation to China with the Alaska summit, or whether it's the fact that we just had a COVID bill that, that was approved with $1 trillion not even spent from the last bill. And now we're having, you know, what was it going to be a $4 trillion infrastructure bill, a $2 mm -hmm. trillion, mm -hmm. a two and a half, a three? It's like drunken sailors. And what it really is, is it's state control. It's killing the free enterprise killing the free market and china is laughing some people call him sleepy joe some call him, call him creepy joe i've always called him beijing biden because if you look at how china is rising everything in this bill will make us not second but third tier in comparison to a nation that wants to be the world hegemon don't take my word for it read beijing's plan it's we need to start fighting back kids that's all I got to say. Here is uh, Grant. He had a pretty funny uh, uh, April Fool's bit. April Fool's or not. Check this out. Since we expect ridiculousness now, follow along and guess. April Fool's or not. Okay. Real or not. Love First this. up, April Fool's or not. Joe Biden is a genius constitutional scholar. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> Well, I guess that's April Fool's. He's far from a constitutional scholar. That's okay, right. April Fool's or not, Dr. Jill Biden is fluent in Spanish. Oh, what good. do you think? Watch this. So say it with me. See, say quadre. The future is ours. Thank wow. you. Wow. It's si se puede, si se puede. Definitely April Fool's on that one. Yeah. What's she yelling at anyway? There's like eight people there in the crowd. There you go, Grant Stinchfield. Nice job. Uh, Rob Schmidt had one of my favorites on. Michael Knowles, he's an author. He's a conservative commentator talking about a critical race theory being taught in the schools, uh, basically making uh, black kids hate everybody um, and uh, twisting history. Just quickly give us the, the broad strokes of what critical race theory is, why this is so dangerous. So coincidentally, I've spent the last year and a half of my life reading about all this crazy nonsense. Yeah. And in, in fewer than 350 pages, uh, what you need to know about critical theory broadly in these subdivisions of this critical race theory is that the theory is simple. The theory is to criticize. <laughs> it, it is a purely destructive pseudo-academic movement. The people who developed this sort of thing 
in the early part of the 20th century and who really saw it flower in the later part of the 20th century, they admitted that this is very different than the traditional sort of academic curriculum that, that you would get in a college or in a high school or actually even younger now. What this is about is upending the traditional Western society and in its place, uh, establishing, to use a technical term, cultural hegemony for the radicals. Th these early radicals recognized that their, their political revolution was never going to work if they didn't have a hold on the common sense. And the best way to get a hold on the common sense is through education, which is why the, the radicals spent a whole lot of their time doing that. Yep. And then by uh, 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 causing a war of position uh, throughout all of the established institutions of society. Now. Yesterday, I shared audio of a, of a brave young man in uh, Ashburn, Virginia. He was on an uh, online class, and his teacher showed a picture of a black girl and a white girl uh, on the screen. And the kid just saw people chilling. Here is what Michael Knowles had to say about that and the teacher forcing the guy to acknowledge race. This is an online class at a public school in Ashburn, Virginia. Let's go ahead and take a look. Just tell me, tell me what, what this seems to be a picture of. It's just two people chilling. I don't believe that you believe that. Well, I'm confused. Are you trying to get me to say that there are two different races in this picture? Yes, is that I what you want me to say? Wow. Well, at the end of the day, wouldn't that just be feeding into the problem of looking at race instead of just acknowledging them as two normal people? I mean, these these liberal wacko teachers. I mean, it's it's funny how so many of them are white, by the way. That's the funniest part to me. That student said it best. We're being taught to see race in everything. Isn't that the opposite of what we were trying to do in this country all those years? We were trying to take race away, right? Now we're injecting it back in. And the thesis of all of this, of course, is that the white supremacy that is so pervasive that it's actually causing racial minorities to attack other racial minorities. I'm serious. They're actually alleging this. White supremacy causes that. And we can never be aware of it because it comes from our implicit biases. Well, if it's implicit, then I guess there's not a whole lot we can do about it. Wow. I, can, I can work on my explicit yeah. biases. But if it's implicit, what they're saying is you, you, you just have to castigate yourself, whip yourself across yeah. the back and say that you're bad and your country's bad and that's all there is to it. That's pretty much it. Now we've got a special guest, Jason Miller. He is a frequent contributor to Newsmax, American communication strategist and political advisor, talking about the, uh, what, the $2.5 trillion spending bill. Can you believe this? Well, sadly, I can, because this is exactly what Joe Biden promised to do on the campaign trail. And as we've seen so far in this administration, whether it be with regard to the border, whether it be with uh, kowtowing to uh, other countries uh, such as China, that Joe Biden is going to be effectively run by the progressives in his administration. But let, let's kind of drill down here. Rob, for a moment on yeah. this, uh, these new spending plans. I mean, at this point, we're really just printing money from yeah. the Treasury, yeah. and that's that's really what we're doing here. But the the bigger problem that I think people should be upset about is where is all the money going? Because when they passed the one point nine trillion dollar stimulus recently, that breaks down to about six thousand bucks a person. But people only got checks for fourteen hundred dollars, and they were promised two thousand dollar checks. So where's the rest of the money going? That's what I think Republicans need to be focused. Focusing on uh, not as much the overall spending because at a certain point people just kind of their eyes glaze over when they hear these numbers. But when you talk about fairness, wait a minute, six thousand bucks a person, I only got fourteen hundred. What gives? That's the way that we put the Democrats on defense. Well, this is uh, essentially giving the uh, the Democrat Party and American Express black card uh, and being allowed to spend money on anything. Uh, they're they're 
only answer they have is infrastructure spending, which creates uh, work. It doesn't create jobs. And they're doing it, and they're doing it again. What's going to happen, my friend, when we get to $30, $35 trillion in debt? When are we going to reach the point where we have to take a wheelbarrow of money to the store to buy a loaf of bread? Well, no, I mean, that's a, a great point. What you're referring to is inflation and the fact that we're going to start having uh, we can start having some grease-like problems, as we've seen several times over the past uh, 10 or 15 years uh, with that very troubled uh, nation as far as uh, their, their currency uh, valuation is concerned. Um, but here's the uh, but the other problem as well is it's creating this broader sense of dependency on the government. And whereas keep in, keep in mind what we heard from President Trump four years ago, jobs, jobs, jobs. Yeah. What do we have to do to make America more competitive? How do we bring back manufacturing jobs? How do we go and renew the American auto sector? These were the things that President Trump was talking about. How do we get better trade deals with other countries so we can keep jobs here? And now we see Joe Biden by pushing to increase a corporate tax rate rather significantly from 21 to 28. All that's going to do is help move more jobs to China. And I, you'll recall uh, Barack Obama had no clue when he was asked about how br- to bring back manufacturing jobs to the United States. He essentially said, uh, do Republicans have a magic wand? Uh, when it's fairly simple, it's fairly easy to understand. You, you lessen regulation, you lower taxes, you bring manufacturing back. And, and manufacturing made a major comeback during the Trump administration. What do you see happening in the next couple of years with regard to American factories and American manufacturing? You know, this is a great point that you bring up here, and especially as we saw with the the Evergreen uh, uh, (laughs) massive container ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Yes. Uh, The the whole uh, challenge right now is we've become so reliant on globalism and so reliant on shipping American jobs, uh, not just to uh, Mexico and Canada following NAFTA, but to China following their entry into the WTO and their getting most favored nation status. The fact of the matter is we've become so reliant, We as we saw during the beginning, beginning of the pandemic, we couldn't even make uh, N95 masks here in the U.S. We couldn't make all the PPE that we needed to. So what President Trump, I, in my opinion, the single uh, most important lasting legacy from his first four years, and I say first four because I'm yes. a little biased and hope he comes back for another four. Yes. But the most important thing was to reframe the debate with China, realizing that we had to bring some of these jobs back to the U.S., that we can't allow other countries just eat our lunch like this. He finally made America sit up and take notice that, hey, guys, uh, that great sucking sound uh, <laughs> that we were warned about some 25, 30 years ago, yeah. uh, uh, it's happened in a big way all on Joe Biden's watch. Yeah. Uh, let's talk also about this uh, massive infrastructure uh, bill that they're considering, uh, just like, you know, building dams in 1929. Uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg mentioned a uh, mileage tax and then immediately kind of recanted. What do you think the possibility of a mileage tax is for people who, who put, put uh, many miles on their cars? Well, that's easy uh, for someone who rides an e-scooter to work every day to uh, uh, to go and, and, and say that for all these, these poor slubs who are driving in from the suburbs. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is, I mean, and again, what would you even do? Would you have some kind of forced government uh, uh, odometer that was on every single car? We're going to have a mileage tax. And yeah. It's one of those, it, it'd, be, it'd be funny if it wasn't so serious, but you remember the yellow vest uh, riots and protests in yes. Paris 
this, that was over the exact same thing because what uh, Macron and uh, some of the, the uh, knuckleheads uh, in French government did was, they're, hey, we're going to go ahead and, and jack up the gas tax, which again uh, impacted the people who have to drive long, uh, long ways for work. Um, obviously, the city slickers uh, and the urbanites are able to just uh, hop on public transportation or you know Uber or, or walk or something like that, but it disproportionately impacts uh, rural Americans. What about this vaccine passport? There are so many Democrats who are like, oh, I think it's a great idea. That way I can go to a concert. Well, unfortunately, uh, once the government has, uh, uh, you know, information about your vaccination, they also have uh, all sorts of access to other information, which they can share with others. And eventually, maybe Bank America decides that they're going to cancel your credit card until you get a vaccine. What are your thoughts on vaccine passports? So two things can be true at the same time here. I think this this notion of a uh, some kind of domestic vaccine passport or um, uh, the fact that we should have a government database of uh, who all has been vac- vaccinated and, and all this really starts overreaching into uh, civil liberties. And it, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, Rand Paul's efforts to fight against the, the cell phone companies that were keeping a lot of uh, data mm-hmm. on behalf of the government. Yeah. Here, though, Rob, is the, uh, I think, Here's the reality, though, when we talk about it in the the global perspective, that I I do think that there are going to be a number of countries that are going to move to this, that unless you can prove in some way, shape, or form that you have had the vaccine or people in a particularly litigious environment where everybody's worried about being sued, I could see certain private companies moving to this. And so uh, am I very concerned about the the government encroachment here in civil liberties? Yes. Do I think it's probably going to be a reality for a number of foreign countries and how we interact with them? Unfortunately, I think probably so. I want to ask you, uh, yesterday the president talked about, begged people to uh, to reverse the mask mandates, relieving the uh, mask mandates in states, and he looked haggard, he, he sounded drunk. What does your gut tell you, Jason, about his uh, health, how long he's going to be able to maintain his position, and what happens if he is no longer able to fulfill the duties of the president? Well, I think they're going to, the Democrats are going to keep Joe Biden propped up uh, as long as there's a pulse uh, going through his veins. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is that um, the, the media is going to cover for Joe Biden. That's, that's the real concern here. I mean, we see some of the numbers that are coming yeah. out now where we talk about uh, vaccine distribution. We talk about uh, COVID handling. And Joe Biden's numbers are off the charts largely, uh, almost entirely, because he inherited a great plan from President Trump with Operation Warp Speed. But the media is going to cover for him. I mean, let's go back to the simple fact that when Joe Biden face-planted, falling not once, not twice, but three times going up the stairs to Air Force One, it got zero network broadcast coverage. When President Trump walked slowly down the ramp, Everybody covered it incessantly on the Sunday shows and everything. And so uh, that's that's the problem is that, yes, those of us who voted for President Trump and um, who uh, do not want to see Joe Biden remain in office, we're paying attention to it. But uh, folks in the middle, they never see it. Interesting uh, headline, actually, in uh, the uh, Politico this morning, which obviously is a left-leaning publication. The Biden administration remakes vaccine strategy after their vaccination sites fizzle. The only thing that Joe Biden really did as far as the COVID pandemic and vaccinations was to create mass vaccination federal sites, and they did a face plant. I liken this to the mission from space being completed. The astronauts have splashed down. Joe Biden's on the ship to go pick him up, and he sinks it. (laughs) 
that's a pretty good that's a pretty good analogy. Thanks. Here's the thing: is that yes. Joe Biden, you have a you have a great plan laid out in front of you. Uh, just don't screw it up. And I mean, the, even the fact that Joe Biden made it his goal to have 100 million doses of vaccine distributed in the first hundred days, which, by the way. Um, President Trump is already beating yes. that pace. I mean, yes. there are 1.5 uh, million doses distributed on January 20th alone. Uh, but, uh, you know, for uh, Joe Biden, he he has set the expectations bar so low that I almost kind of call this the participation trophy presidency, yes. Yes. where if Joe Biden simply shows up, says, hey, guys, I'm still alive, waves his hand, media gives him a trophy and says today was a victory. And that's uh, they they hate President Trump and people they can't control so much that they're willing to literally do anything to make uh, a President Joe Biden look good. Jason Miller, thanks for joining me today, man. It was great to have you on. Rob, thank you so much. All right. Very good. Now, before we go, a couple more stories real quick. Uh, Oprah has a new uh, new show on. I guess it's called Delilah. And uh, she showed her politics once again, which I mean, she carries it pretty much openly everywhere she goes. And it's very anti-Trump and anti-Trump voter. Here's a little bit of the dialogue. Just want to make sure everything is airtight for tomorrow. The kids, you know, so I don't want any surprises. You ain't got to worry about no foolishness out there. By the way, I couldn't understand what he said at all, and neither could you. You know why? Because in this scene, literally, two actors, there's nobody else around. They're both wearing masks. That's how stupid this show is so far. Hey, babies. Oh, I, I wish I could share your optimism. But in less than four years, Trump unleashed something from the shadows that took generations for our ancestors to drive out of the light in the first place. Wow, and that's, of course, a lie, but let's hear it again. I wish I could share your optimism. But in less than four years, Trump unleashed something from the shadows that took generations for our ancestors to drive out of the light in the first place. Shh. We'll get rid of that fool come this November. Believe that. I hope so. God, I don't know. I... You see these people, it, it's a cult. They don't just believe him, they believe in him. A billionaire who's never worked a real day in his life, who dodged the military service, who don't believe in their churches, who... Didn't work a day in his life. Dear God in heaven. You know what? Honestly, this is just garbage. Goodbye. I'm done with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Na-na-na-na. 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 Goodbye. One more thing. There's a new PSA featuring entitled celebrities everywhere. What they're considering doing now, instead of if you don't go for a vaccine passport, they're going to put a, uh, a well health safety sticker on the building so you know everybody in the building has been vaccinated. Listen to this classic, classic socialistic slash communistic PSA featuring American celebrities sans masks, by the way. If you want to get back to your favorite places and feel confident they have put your health and safety first. That's JLo. Look for the Well Health Safety Seal. Look for the Well Health Safety Seal. Look for the Well Health Safety Seal. I'm Dr. Richard Carmona, the 17th Surgeon General of the United States of America. This is the Well Health Safety Seal from the International Well Building Institute. Oh, and everybody, everybody knows the Well Building Institute. And it is literally a giant circle logo on the front of the building. Authority unhealthy buildings. The Well Health Safety Rating was informed by years of research and input from hundreds of leading virologists, public health experts, epidemiologists. Yeah, they researched it for years and years and years and years and years, but not until Corona they decided to actually use it. Sure, they've been doing this for years. Just and building professionals around the world. You'll see it at schools, offices, banks, childcare centers, all the places we go. The Well Health Safety Seal That's Lady Gaga. means that we'll feel better going into restaurants, theaters, stores, hotels, stadiums, and all the places that we love. Everything may look the same. That's Robert De Niro. 
but the Well Health Safety Seal means that your health and safety are top of mind when it comes to cleaning and sanitizing procedures, air and water quality management, emergency preparedness programs, and health services. So look for the Well Health Safety Seal outside and feel more confident going inside. Learn more about the Well Health Safety Rating. No, I'm not going to actually, because you know, I like places that are a little dirty. You know, I'm serious. I like I like a diner. I like a drive-in. I like a dive. I like a I like a seedy-looking bar with uh, you know torn uh, torn cushions in the uh, booth in the corner. Honestly, wow, that is just uh, just got to be kind of uh, remarkable, kind of remarkable. If I see the safety seal, I'm going somewhere else. There you go. All right, guys, it's time for me to go. The uh, podcast, which you can listen to, by the way, on every major podcast outlet: uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, all of it there. Take it with you. It's very portable. And will you do me a favor, guys? Will you share on social media? Because we're going to have all sorts of uh, newsmakers and celebrities and all sorts of stuff on the show. And the show is going to grow by leaps and bounds. And the thing that makes it different from everything else out there is it is a conservative show and it's funny. Okay? I try to make it funny while making a point. Make sure to download the Newsmax app on your phone. Five million plus have done it since November and it is growing by leaps and bounds. It is free, by the way. Also want to mention that if you want to find out when the Newsmax shows run your favorite show like Rob Carson's What in the World, just go to NewsmaxTV.com, NewsmaxTV.com, and you can check it out. All right? In the meantime, before I go, God bless you. Happy Easter. It's not about chocolate bunnies. Happy Easter. When you look at all of the trials and tribulations we're going through, Stop this Sunday, forget it, and realize that good is going to win. See you guys soon. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.